He crawled through the grass, looking for food. He was hungry. He hadn't eaten in the last few hours, and his mouth was starting to feel dry. He crawled up the dry grass stem, searching for something to eat, searching for his next victim, because he was an experienced hunter. And then he saw his next meal. He stuck out his mouthparts and tried to skewer the pale, spiny grub. But all that succeeded in happening was the creature's spines contracting in his mouth and irritating him. Even the spines had spines. And even worse, all he could taste was a foul-smelling liquid. He withdrew and pulled away, only to be snatched up by a bird. But what was on his menu for the last time? We'll find out now. Welcome back to Season 1, Episode 7 of Hidden Wings and Bloodlust, a podcast dedicated to ladybirds. I'm very sorry that I haven't done an episode for a while. This is because, first, there was the Jewish holidays, and secondly, I've been very, very busy at work and never quite got back into to doing it again. So I'm really, really sorry for the delay, and I know that you can't wait to hear more about ladybirds, but I'm back now with another episode. So today's podcast recommendation is one I've featured I believe I've mentioned before on the show, The True Crime Enthusiasts. Now, this is one of my favourite podcasts. Each week, the host Paul discusses obscure crimes and events from around the UK and Ireland from his home in North Wales. He tells the tales of the crimes with both humour and empathy for the victims. Recently, he's covered a multi-part trilogy on the murder of Peter Dixon, among several other horrific crimes all perpetrated by the same man, the subsequent investigation and trial. And... As well as that, I mean, I, rec- I wrote the script for this episode some time ago, but as well as old uh, Peter Dixon, recently he also did one about a guy who stole very, very rare bird feathers called Edwin Wrist. And if you haven't listened to that, then do please give it a listen because, um, or actually give any of them a listen because they're all amazing. So after listening to the true crime enthusiast, you might actually be relieved to know that today's ladybird isn't actually much of a killer at all. So this ladybird's scientific name is something of a story in itself. Now, remember all the way back in episode one, I explained why it's more useful to have scientific names than common names for ladybirds many times. And there's a lot less debate about scientific names than common names. Like, So in general, all the scientists use one name for the same thing. Like, so Japan, Cochinella septum punctata, France, Romania, Russia... United States of America, you you name it. But, but, there is a but. For the 24 spot ladybird, which we're going to discuss today, there is something of an exception that proves the rule. Why? Because its Latin name is one of the, if not the, longest of any ladybirds and even insects. Subcochinella viginticuator punctata. There is actually a debate about how viginticuator should be written. And spelt with at least three different spellings being used. So very, very frequently, 
it is referred to as subcotching the 24 punk data. Yep, it is the 24 spot. Now, the 24 spot belongs to a group of ladybirds called Epilachninae. Epilachninae are plant-feeding ladybirds, and some are unfortunately significant pests, such as the squash beetle and the potato beetle, which I am planning to discuss in future episodes. There are two types of these ladybirds in the UK. One is the 24 spot, which is native to the UK, and the other one is the briny ladybird, which arrived from France in the beginning of the 1990s. It is rather rare, and in the UK at least, only feeds on white briny and invasive weed. Last year, I was actually among the first people to find the briny ladybird in my local area, and I was very, very pleased about that, and at some point I'll do an episode on it. So, the 24 spot is a dark, pinky colour with darker spots that sometimes don't show up too well. It is about the same size as a 22 spot, about 3 to 5 millimetres long. Its antennae and legs are the same red, kind of, I say almost like a burgundy type colour. I mean, it's it's kind of dark pinky. I mean, if you see it, it yeah. Um, and the whole the whole body of it is like that. So like many times the underside of the ladybird will be black and it's not like that the whole the whole body is the same color and it is covered with little tiny hairs and these ladybirds are usually on the small size but i've actually seen some quite big ones are you know sort of up to four or five millimeters long but usually it's of between two and three the 24 spot often doesn't always have 24 spots the spots are sometimes merged and in some cases, they are missing altogether. Sometimes it actually doesn't have any spots. The The whole of its body, as I said, um, you know, it's slightly hairy. It's got also little holes or what's called puncturations all over its body. And it's generally found in grass all over the ground. Although in Perryville Woods, which I mentioned in an earlier episode, one was found halfway up a tree. You know, they don't actually always read the books. So remember, the other week on the show, we discussed... Rhizomus natura, and how this ladybird is often unable to fly, well, the same is true of the 24 spot. In the UK, these ladybirds have no wings. In Europe, only around 40% of them are wingless, but the ones that do have wings usually carry a certain gene which um, leads to atrophy of the wings, so it means that the wings are they're not properly developed when the ladybird is hatched. They're very tiny and not really, not really useful for anything. So it's really thought that the number of 24 spots without wings will increase over time and they don't really need them because uh, as we're about to find out. So this actually might seem a problem for the ladybird, but it's actually not really that bad because the 24 spot has, has actually adopted or evolved many adaptations to ensure that it's actually not eaten. One is the fact that the ladybird seems to have lightning fast reflexes and if disturbed, will instantly let go of whatever it's on and play dead. The other example is how well protected the larva and pupae are. And even the spines have spines, as I said in the introduction, to make sure that nothing can get near it. And this is plainly a ladybird that really doesn't want to be eaten. If something goes after it, after all, that can, you know, that can eat it, it will release its very bitter-tasting reflex blood as a last resort. They do have predators, dock bugs and spiders, to name a few, but this actually remains an effective deterrent. So, this 
probably a first for this show, but this ladybird isn't actually that good, necessarily. In North America, when it was accidentally introduced in the 20th century, and much of Europe and the Russian Far East, this ladybird can be a pest on lucerne, which is otherwise known as alfalfa, which is one of the most commonly used forage crops grown worldwide. Alfalfa fields are important for biodiversity and they support pollinators and predatory insect species. In the UK, the 24 spot is actually not really regarded as a pest because of the temperate climate, which limits the ladybird's population because it gets so cold, it's wet and damp and stuff, and that it's mostly like drier climates where it gets a lot hotter than it tends to do here, then it becomes a pest. Although I don't know what's going to happen with climate change, maybe this situation will, will change. And besides alfalfa, this ladybird feeds on up to 70 different plants. But unfortunately, in the US, the 24 spot has become known as the alfalfa ladybug. As I was researching the episode, I actually discovered that there was a book about the ladybird on sale at ABE Books. The book is entitled Ecological and Physiological Studies on the Alfalfa Ladybird and was written in 1975 by a guy called Muhammad Ali. Uh, No, uh, not that one. Um, But if you really want to learn more about the 24-spot ladybird, I can't recommend it enough. So the 24 spot is a defoliator and both adults and larvae will attack the loose urn and eat the leaves, which interferes with the growth of the crop and reduces the quality of the seeds. This means it can potentially cause a large amount of damage. In warmer climates like Italy, it actually poses a significant problem. But in the UK, as I said before, its population is, is uh, it's regulated because the temperatures get so cold and it can't really cause too much uh, damage there. Another source of food, which is less uh, harmful, is plant moulds. The larvae are known to feed on a type of fungi called erisphales. But again, the insects carry fungal spores, so the fact it's actually eating the mould isn't actually necessarily a good thing, because the ladybird might just spread it to somewhere else. Some of the fungi are found on trees, and that perhaps explains the odd placement of a 24 spot we found in Perryville Wood that I mentioned just now, which was halfway up a tree. But typically the ladybirds and the larvae are found in grasses and low to the ground. The 24 spot comes in a variety of different forms, as I've said above. It doesn't always have 24 spots, it can actually even have anything up to 27. The spots are frequently merged, although black and melanic forms are very, very rare. Sometimes spots are absent altogether. There is actually a very unusual form with yellow spots on a sort of red burgundy background. If you've actually ever seen this ladybird, please let me know. Or if you've seen a black 24 spot, let me know. I actually did find once a briny ladybird with light rings around the spot. So perhaps they're somewhat related as they're similar species. They're both in Appalachnane. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. You actually, because of how cold it is and because we're into the sort of overwintering season now, you're actually not really likely to find any 24 spots now unless you go looking for very carefully. They might be in leaf litter. They might be sort of in near the soil, like close to the ground in um, on the sort of base of, of grass stems. They might be overwintering there. They They typically tend to spend the winter in the same habitat that they live in the summer. But if, you, if you've seen one, 
recently, then let me know. I actually really would like to get to a regular schedule of posting episodes again. And if so, if you want to follow me, please like my Instagram account, 365.ladybird, or follow me on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash hiddenwingsandbloodlust. I've actually deactivated my Facebook for now, like, due to the election, I just thought it wasn't very good. But it will be up again soon, and I'll be posting again. Alright, thank you very much, and goodbye for now. Yes, I was in 55 Don't blame me for my rewinds Oh, I was in 65 Sometimes I play it fast Me, that's what James did Now I plan mighty bombs Quite alright so far Feel like I'm in 65 No reason to cry See boys never